0: Welcome to the -the state-of-the-art sports podcast. I'm Matt McTie. I know anything and everything there is to do with sports. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about here today. We're going to be talking about the NBA draft and free agency previews. Before we get into that, let me introduce you to my co-host, the man himself, Jake Gans.
1: That's right, Matt. I am the man. Not only am I the man, but I'm the sports wizard. I'm the sports guru. I am the sports authority. I am Jake Gans. So let's get started. NBA Draft Preview.
0: Wow. This draft? This draft is incredible. This is one of the most loaded draft classes in recent memory. The point guard depth here is incredible. You got Fultz, Ball, Smith, Fox, and It's the best since 03. I don't care what anybody says. I mean this draft, I mean, I can't even imagine. This draft is gonna change the course of the league and the course of some franchises for the next several years. Now let's talk about this draft. Let's go over the the top ten order first. You got the Celtics at one, and you got the Lakers, Sixers, Suns, Kings, Magic, T Wolves, Knicks, Mavericks, and then Ryan out the top ten is the Kings again. And now that you guys have heard the NBA draft order, we're gonna give you the official Soda Sports top ten mock. Who do you think the Celtics take at one, Jake?
1: Well, hmm, who do I have the Celtics taking? Oh, the name's on the tip of my tongue. It starts with an M. Marquise Daniels. No, it's not Marquise Daniels. It's Markel Fultz. It's obviously Markel Fultz. He by far the best player in this draft, in his, in his, in his own tier, in his own league, in his own Own universe. There's nobody even close to him. If you combined Russell Westbrook and James Harden, mesh the two together in a Frankenstein laboratory, that's Markel Fultz. This guy is not only Rookie of the Year, but he's MVP candidate day one when he walks into the league.
0: MVP? You're out of your mind, man. There's no way. Not only is he an MVP candidate
1: day one when he steps foot into the league, but this guy is a going to be a perennial MVP winner. This guy is going to run the East. It's going to be Fultz's East, similar to how you see with LeBron now. You're going to have guys from other teams, superstars, running away to the West. He's going to be that damn good. Fultz, when it's all said and done, not only will he be a Hall of Famer, but he's going to be better than Jordan.
0: Who do you have the Lakers taking it to? I got the Lakers taking the next big thing, Lonzo Ball. He's an elite passer. He has the ability to shoot. I mean, it's fairly the obvious pick here. Obvious? Let me give you a hot take here, Jake. He's going to be the best point guard for the Lakers since Magic Johnson.
1: (laughs) He's going to be more like uh, washed up Steve Nash, uh, 40,
0: 41 years old. Uh, In in fact, I think his ceiling uh, will be uh, Smush Parker. Oh my God! You know how ridiculous you sound right now. Let me tell you what: him next to D'Angelo is going to be perfect. They already have Luke Walton. They could be forming their own next little Splash Brothers thing right there.
1: Okay, so two things where you're wrong. Okay, so first off, Lonzo Ball will never be a Clay Thompson. Or a Steph Curry, okay? You look at his horrible trash shot. It looks like a freaking five year old trying to shoot the ball blind with the Lonzo Ball shooting form, okay? Uh, he cannot compliment D'Angelo Russell at all uh, because Lon- the truth is, Lonzo Ball isn't this great second coming of Jason Kidd passing wizard point guard. Truth is, he's a combo guard. He's a good combo guard. There's plenty of combo guards in the league. D'Angelo Russell's a combo guard. You know, um, I'm sure they're both going to be very happy while the other one is playing one-on-one basketball and everyone else is standing around. What
0: a great offense that's going to be. Time will tell, but I can guarantee you that Lonzo Bell will be better than Markel Fultz. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, with all that being said about Lonzo, who do you have the Sixers taking at three? I have the Sixers taking the
1: future legend, Josh Jackson. Let me tell you something about Josh Jackson. This guy is the number one overall pick the past 12 drafts. He would be the number one overall pick if it wasn't for Markel Fultz. Oh boy, you know, I mean, I think highly of Markel Fultz. Uh, He should be the number two pick in this year's draft, but, you know, you have Idiocracy in L.A. Um, Josh Jackson is probably the safest player. He's your standard prototype. Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, create your own shot, 20 points a game, play a lights-out defense, all-around player. He is what the NBA is looking for. He's got a little bit of Paul Pierce in him. Um, But he's not going to work out for the 76ers because the 76ers are – Probably the most jacked-up franchise in the history of the NBA. The reason is is because the Sixers operate from this recency bias ideology that we can put our star Ben Simmons, because he can dribble the ball a little bit better than everybody else, we can put him at point guard and he can run the show and he can facilitate and he can pass and he can make everyone better around him. But that's just not the case. Just because Giannis Antetokounmpo worked out masterfully just because lebron is capable and when he's not just capable darn good at running the point doesn't mean ben simmons ben i'm injured my entire nba career simmons is going to be able to do that and i think that's going to be a major detriment to the success of not only the sixers but josh jackson don't you agree with me i agree but
0: you're throwing out these legendary concert josh no, jackson
1: no 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 see This is a case where you, much like everybody else, has no idea what they're talking about. All you do is you ignore Josh Jackson. You write him off. You're like, oh, it's big three. Oh, you know, maybe he'll slip to four, Josh Jackson. Listen, everybody's ignoring Josh Jackson, but, you know, everybody's right when they say it's a two-player draft. Markel Fultz and Josh Jackson. And Josh Jackson's the
0: real deal. Who do you have the Suns taking it for? I got the Suns taking that four, Jonathan Isaac. But listen up here. If if, if this was a trademark, I would have the Kings moving up to take uh, De'Aaron Fox, because they're absolutely enamored with De'Aaron Fox. They think he could be the next big thing. But since this isn't a trademark, I'm gonna have them taking the Suns taking Jonathan Isaac here. And it's a pure potential pick. The dude has six he's six eleven. He has Durant type height as a forward, but he just doesn't have the offensive ability to knock down a consistent shot yet. But he's a he's a great defensive player, and if he can really find his offensive potential, he could turn into one of the one of the best all stars of all time. That's probably my most uh, favorite, uh, exciting pick because
1: Jonathan Isaac is Sean Marion to a T. He's a skinny Sean Marion. Uh, he's got a little bit of that running gun sons in him with his uh, three and D ability. Um, but the amazing thing about him is. I mean, he's able to guard every freaking position because he's practically a uh, seven-footer, but he moves like a point guard. Um, Every championship-caliber team needs a player like Jonathan Isaac, and I think he's a major
0: piece to the puzzle. I agree 100%. And if you could tell the Suns they were getting another Sean Marion, I think they would be ecstatic.
1: Well, you know who's going to be ecstatic on draft night is Kings fans when they hear that Dieron Fox has been drafted at number five to come save the city, to come save Sacramento, to come give him the keys to the franchise. The problem with Dieron Fox is that he's been hyped up by this media bubble, uh, who understands that the draft is 30 picks long, and but this, this you know this draft is like really just all about a couple of players or two. And De'Aaron Fox is the consolation prize for not getting those players. He can barely shoot. He plays excellent defense. He, he's he's not a very good facilitator. Um, he's an all right player. He's, he's his floor is Reggie Jackson, and his ceiling is Reggie Jackson. And you know that's not that franchise changing or exciting. Um, even Reggie Jackson, <laughs> during the season, got benched for Ish Smith just because he was not a very good player. Um, and, you know, continuing this theme with miserable ownership, um, the Kings are the worst, and they're going to buy into this De'Aaron Fox hype. I mean, my God.
0: To me, he's just, he's just Rajon Rondo, basically. He's a better... He's a better defensive Rajon Rondo. I mean, he's going to bring you some excitement, but he's not going to really change the course of your franchise that much.
1: I think you're giving him way too much credit with the Rajon Rondo comparison. I mean, even Mavericks version, Rajon Rondo is uh, better than than, than De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Who do you have up next?
0: I got the Magic taking another Kentucky Wildcat, Malik Mock. Knicks fans are praying Mock falls to eight, but there's no way he falls to eight. For a team that desperately needs shooting, such as the Magic do, because right now they had Alfred Payton in the backcourt, and I shoot better than Alfred Payton, Malik Mauck isn't going to give him that shooting. He has the ability to knock down a shot, and if he can learn to use his body, get to the lane, start dribbling a little more, he can become an all-star. And not only an all-star, he can become a superstar.
1: He is the most pro-ready, contribute-immediately-do-it-now player in the draft, He's got Ray Allen when he comes off. Uh, all those little backdoor screens written all over him, and he's even got a hint of Jason Terry. I, I, I really like Malik Monk as well. He's
0: perfect for this for this NBA. He can shoot. He can d it up a little, but more important, most importantly, he can shoot. And what did the NBA champions do this year? Better than anybody, they could shoot. Pick seven. Go. Well, the Wolves are going to take the best player available here, and the best player available here is Jason Tatum. There's no doubt about that. How He's the best player on the board here. He just happened to fall on this mock. To me, Jason Tatum could be Carmelo. He's a good scorer. He could be a better shooter, could be a better passer. He could be better at D, but he's a good scorer. You know what you're going to get out of him. He can knock down that open shot. He can post up the smaller guy. He can get by the smaller guy. He can get by the slower guy, but he can't He can't really get by the faster guy. He can't get by the the guys that are the same as him. And to me, that's Carmelo. You know what you're going to get with Carmelo, and you know what you're going to get with Jason Tatum. (laughs) That is...
1: I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth, okay? Jason Tatum is not, like, this superstar Carmelo-type player.
0: That's where you're wrong. That's where you're wrong at all. He lived up to every expectation he had to at Duke.
1: Okay, well, that's because... Uh, well, so his expectations bar, uh, uh, must've been, you know, like Nate Robinson height level. But the truth is, I mean, he's Danny Granger. He's like your third, your fourth player. He's not Carmelo. I mean, if he was Carmelo, but, I mean, that's ridiculous. You
0: ta- I take a prime Danny Granger on my team any day of the week. A prime Danny Granger could get the job done.
1: Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, but he, he's he's not gonna you
0: know create his own shot. Uh, he doesn't have to with the wolves. They got Chris Dunn. They got Wiggins. They got Anthony Towns. The foundation is set there. If, if he's gonna fit in really well with the wolves, he's gonna play the four. He's gonna play the three, depending on where they want to play Wiggins. And it depends how on how fast Levine comes back as well.
1: I don't think it depends on anything. I think the wolves are the same wolves they've been for the past eight nine years. Uh, they got too many young players. And they don't play well together. But uh, going into the eighth pick here, we got the most dysfunctional franchise currently uh, in the NBA. It's a state of emergency in New York with the Knicks. Uh, but they're going to be taking old Frank Nittikina. Let me tell you something about Frank Nittikina. He's 6'5", and he is skinny as a stick. He, he uh, Well, actually, no, a stick is... Thicker than Frank Nitekina, he's, 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 he's more like a twig, uh, or he's a crumb off the floor. Um, Frank Nitekina, you know, he's he's exciting because he's not good at basketball. <laughs> um, the only exciting thing about Frank Nitekina is that he's six five and he has a huge wingspan, uh, and he played for Strasbourg, France, and uh, Roddy Beauvoir, you know, plays for for Strasbourg, France, and. Uh, that's a pretty good comparison, I think, for Frank Nitekina. You know, this is Roddy, a little bit bigger Roddy Bobois, uh, maybe a little Dante Exum in him, and he's good for what Phil Jackson might want to do. He's going to play a good defense, uh, and he's going to do what he's told, you know, so it feels like triangle offense, triangle offense, triangle offense. Frankie Nitekina is going to do that uh you know because he has no thoughts of his own he's uh he, he's 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 not that exciting you know everybody gets so excited about old frankie but the, i mean he's he's six five whoopty freaking do there's there's plenty of people who are six five
0: i couldn't agree more to me i'm looking at his stats right now he averaged 5.2 points like you're in the <laughs> foreign leagues and you're only scoring 5.2 points this is such a nicks pick it's not even crazy
1: and up next at nine, we have the good old Dallas Mavericks taking, in my mind, is the most overrated player in this year's draft, and that'll be Dennis Smith. Um, the Mavericks uh, organization, team, and the fans are going to view this one uh, as a as a major steal. And oh, how could he slide? Um, the truth is, Dennis Smith is. I mean, he's probably the most disappointing player in college basketball last year. Um, I, I, you know, everybody talks about his explosiveness uh, and his game-changing uh, playmaking ability. Um, I, I beg you, I plead with you, show me one second on tape on of of, of last year of any Dennis Smith explosiveness. There's zilch. There's zero. There's not. A, there is no explosiveness with Dennis Smith. Another thing I beg, I plead, I yearn for you to point out to me is show me the Dennis Smith consistency because this man is the most inconsistent basketball player like in the history of basketball. You never know what you're going to get out of him. Um, you know, he, he's, he's lucky if he's Jeff Teague. Um, I think that's a very good comp for him. Um, that one hasn't been thrown out there that much. But the truth is he's a backup point guard and the Mavericks are going to continue to be stuck in the middle of the NBA uh, because this pick isn't going to change much and they're going to stay at you know the 9 10 11 12 carousel so who do you have rounding out the top
0: 10 I got the Kings taking Lowry Markinen. basically in my opinion Dirk Light he's a he's a stretch four, stretch five who can knock down that three he can he can grab you boards and he's, he's a good player but for the Kings, I don't see him fitting in. They got De'Aaron Fox who can't shoot, Buddy Heald who can't shoot, and now him. I don't think there's going to be enough touches. It's just a matter of time before the Kings give up on him and trade him to the Cavs for half price and give LeBron another shooter.
1: So, uh, <laughs> I think you've uh, – you know, much like your Jason Tatum comparison today, I mean, boy, oh, boy, are uh, you know, – I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not
0: saying he's Dirk. I'm not saying he's Dirk. I'm saying he's a mix of – so Channing Fry and Dirk okay, he's yeah. probably he probably rebounds better than Channing Fry but he's along the lines of Channing Fry for me
1: yeah so I mean he, he's got a lot more weight uh, than Dirk uh, he's he, uh, 250 pounds uh, the thing I like about Markanen is boy oh boy and, and this is what he has in, uh, in common with Dirk. Is he is silky freaking smooth. He is smooth as a freaking baby's bottom. I mean, he's got the smoothest release, smoothest stroke, smoothest jump shot. Uh, no, very little wasted movement with Markinen. But you know that, that 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 still doesn't mean he's Dirk. Uh, I'd say there's a 75 percent chance he's Urson Ilyasova, and there's a 25 percent chance he's Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, and I think that's very fair. And I think it's a that's a good pick for pick
0: 10. I think he I think he could thrive in the right situation, but as we all know, Sacramento isn't the right situation.
1: NBA free agency preview.
0: If you take a look at this free agency class, just a quick glance, you would think it's one of the best of all time cuz you got KD and Curry at the top. But anybody with basketball knowledge knows they're going to re-sign with the Warriors for the max or close to the max money. you got to go a little down the list to see the true prize of this class. That's Gordon Hayward. Where do you think he goes, Jake? Uh,
1: well, he's gone for sure. Uh, boy, is he gone. Um, when you look at how the Jazz have to play, uh, everybody looks at Gobert because he gets all the highlights with all the block shots. And he's big and he's huge and he's tall. Uh, but Gordon Hayward, not only is he the heart and soul of the team... He is the Utah Jazz. Um, and Gordon Hayward has to kill himself just for the Jazz to be competitive in games. And, uh, like, for example, Clay Thompson talked about it this year. Uh, he talked about how playing with Kevin Durant was so much easier, uh, the Cavs, this year, than when they played the Cavs last year because he had to kill himself just to score a bucket. Um So where do I think he's going to go? Um, I think it's a lock that Gordon Hayward is going to Boston. Um, Things are just going to be so much easier for him there with Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford and the potential Markel Fultz draft pick. Uh, The offense is going to come to Gordon Hayward in Boston rather than having to do it all himself.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think with Brad Stevens there, uh, there's already the connection there. And like you said, Isaiah Thomas – and uh, Al Horford, and maybe, possibly Markel Fultz. They, they have something brewing there in Boston. It's just a matter of time of when LeBron retires or when does Boston finally get it together. Well, but so, I want to
1: talk—go so, ahead. So I don't think the story here is Gordon Hayward. Um, I think the big story here is the self-destruction of the Utah Jazz Uh, because you're going to have George Hill who's going to hit free agency. Uh, George Hill had a decent season, but he's a mediocre-to-average player, but he's all the Jazz got at point guard. Dante Exum, he's hyped up, but he's not that impressive. Um, But George Hill's leaving. He's going to get max money. That's a huge blow, uh, losing Hayward and Hill for the Jazz. This is reminiscent of when the Jazz blew up the team like 10 years ago Uh, When they had D. Will, Carlos Boozer, Al Jefferson, you know, this is the same cycle that the Jazz go through. They're decent, they get good, and then they blow up the team. Uh, You know, it's the most insane thing. Um, George Hill, uh, like I said, he is going to get paid, in my opinion. Uh, The perfect match is the San Antonio Spurs. It's not being talked about a lot. Uh, the Spurs are going to be in the market for a point guard this year. George Hill fits the system. He's familiar with Popovich. Tony Parker, his status is completely up in the air. Uh, DeJounte Murray's not ready. And uh, George Hill is a great bridge guy, I think, in San Antonio.
0: I mean, I, I agree with you that George Hill will leave. I don't know if it'll be San Antonio. Could be Philadelphia. Who knows where it'll be? I mean, I think the Sixers are a real option there if they take Jackson in the draft. Because then you do move Ben Simmons to point. But Ben Simmons can't play the whole game at point. you got to have another veteran point guard there. And nobody has more money to spend than the than the Sixers and all their tanking for the last couple of years. Well,
1: nobody wants to go to Philadelphia. I can assure you that. But money talks. so we'll money,
0: see. money does talk. If you want to talk about a point guard that's going to be playing for the Spurs next year, we got to talk about CP3. Oh, come on. You know he wants the chance to win, and nobody else gives him a better chance to win than the Spurs. He can't win with the Clippers. We've seen that the last several years, they brought in Reddick, they they kept DeAndre and he Blake locked him in a house to sign. I mean, they, they've done everything they can to win, and they just can't get out of the second round. And they got major question marks in free agency. C3's a free agent. Blake's a free agent. J.J. Reddick's a free agent. I mean, who knows what these guys are going to do. I know the Clippers don't want to blow it up, but it might be time to blow it up.
1: So all of them are going to stay except J.J. Reddick. Uh, J.J. Reddick is probably going to get max money, which is going to be insane, uh, somewhere else. Uh Whether that's the West, the East, it doesn't matter uh, because that's the value of uh, a a game-changing shooter these days. Um, But CP3 is certainly going to stay. Anyone who insinuates or entertains that he's going somewhere else uh, is a buffoon that buys into all this negotiating hype. CP3 is just trying to ensure that he gets max money or the most money possible from the Clippers, Blake is a little bit of a wild card, but boy, oh boy, wouldn't that be interesting? Blake Griffin, the one who locks DeAndre Jordan in his house to play video games, plays Sudoku, puts a chair, barricades the door so DeAndre can't leave to go sign the contract with the Mavericks and evil Mark Cuban. Wouldn't that be something? He gets DeAndre to sign on the line that's dotted, but Blake is the one that rips
0: up his contract. And takes his talents somewhere else. If there's two teams that can sign Blake. It's the Thunder and the Celtics. The Thunder just because it has Russell. Just because he played at Oklahoma. And the Celtics because they obviously need a big man. You see Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love harass them in the post throughout the playoffs. And he could get the max money there. And he would be he would almost be a star there. I mean he's he's second wheel behind CP3. I think he finally wants to be that star somewhere.
1: Well, you want to know who's an interesting case study is this Kyle Lowry situation. Man, oh man, is he a max money point guard, a max money player. He does everything you want a point guard to do. He's got the speed, the quickness, the explosiveness, the playmaking. He's a phenomenal passer. He got a shot, plays excellent defense, good team leader, great chemistry, locker room guy but I can see one Kyle Lowry going out west because I think the mindset of a lot of these Eastern Conference free agents, especially the ones that have failed numerous times like Kyle Lowry has, is let's go out west. Let's try that. Let's try to maybe beat the Warriors because we have no chance in hell of beating the Cavaliers and LeBron. So I think what you're going to see with Kyle Lowry is Him trying to get paid a ton of money, but staying competitive.
0: I have to agree with you there. I think think he could be a possibility for the Rockets and the Spurs out west. Teams that are right under the Warriors, and if they added another piece, may actually beat the Warriors. Because in order to beat LeBron, you have to have greatness. And right now, with Lowry and the Raptors, there's no greatness. Speaking of the Raptors, let's talk about Serge Baca and the Serge Baca experiment in boy, Toronto. Boy, oh boy, was that a failed experiment? I guess it was a failed ex- experiment in the in the regards that they got swept off the floor. But Serge is gonna get maximum money for this year. So he's gonna be he's gonna be signing that contract and he's gonna be listening to Drake.
1: You know who else is gonna get max money? Is one Drew Holiday, an uberly athletic and talented. Combo guard for the Pelicans. Uh, So, Drew Holiday is either going to do two things. Um, He's certainly getting a max contract, either with the Pelicans or with the Dallas Mavericks. It's a very interesting situation because a lot of people thought when Boogie Cousins went to to New Orleans that Drew Holiday was going to be the forgotten man, and he was never, you know, he was just going to have to pass the Boogie all the time, and he wasn't going to be able to shine but Drew Holiday improved significantly after the trade. So, you know, it's reverse logic. So uh, the Pelicans are a really good team on paper. They're probably like an Eric Gordon away, uh, a quality bench player away from being a perennial playoff contending team. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of growing pains, and Drew Holiday may not want to stick around for that. Uh, what appeals... Um, to Drew Holiday the most about the Mavericks, I think, is Casey Smith. Uh, He's the Mavericks trainer uh, because with Drew Holiday, you know he's going to miss at least 20 games per season uh, just with nagging injuries. a very injury-prone type player. He just doesn't have the proper frame, I think, to survive with some of the beasts in the NBA. Um, So I think the training aspect is very appealing to him. Also, there's a chance that the Mavericks would sign his brother, Justin Holiday. Um, You know, I mean, who doesn't want to play with their brother? Uh, Justin Holiday would probably have, he'd probably play no minutes, actually. He'd have a similar role to uh, what John Jenkins has had with the Mavericks or uh, DeAndre Liggins had uh, towards the end of the season. But there's some selling points in Dallas, Um, but I think it's more than likely he stays with the Pelicans.
0: I'd have to agree with you there. I mean, I think the Pelicans need shooters. you got two big men who can kind of shoot, but if you're going to have two big men, you got to get shooters around them.
1: Let's talk about an intriguing restricted free agent here. What do you think of Otto Porter?
0: Oh, I love Otto. I think he's a hell of a player. As a Cavs fan, I wish we took him number one overall instead of Anthony Bennett a few years ago. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to get close to max money, if not the max. And the Wizards have no choice to, but to match it. He's one hell of a player.
1: Otto Porter is the kind of player every championship caliber team needs if they want to contend. He's like your fourth best player. But when your superstars are either getting shut down by defenders or having an off night, Otto Porter is the guy
0: that's consistent and he comes through. He fits right in with Bradley Beal and John Wall. But there's another restricted free agent I want to talk about. And that's Nerland's Noel. So in my opinion he is the most
1: unintriguing uninteresting we already know what's going to happen the book has been written already published let's put it on the shelf and sell it because Nerland's Noel he's going to be matched it doesn't matter if the CBA is renegotiated tomorrow and the amount of money you can offer restricted free agents is changed to 1 billion dollars over 5 years. The Mavericks are going to match it because when you have Dirk, when you have a big man who cannot play any defense, who can't rebound, who can't do anything big men do, you need, you desperately need one that does, and that's what
0: Nerlens provides. At this point in Dirk's career, Dirk can't do anything a big does, so Nerlens is perfect for Dallas. And that wraps up our soda sports nba free agency preview we want to thank you for taking
1: the time out of your day to listen to this landmark milestone inaugural episode we're going to be cranking out more of these in the future so on behalf of the the state-of-the-art sports podcast we will see you soon